Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan in the front court with the crowd in three different colored t-shirts watching in a full house here in Salt Lake. Crossover, rise, fire. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. How about that start tonight? Donovan gets a squeeze, pick and roll. Comes off Gobert to the right, has airspace, fires the three. Kaboom! Utah, 74. Clippers, 55. Donovan shaking his head going the other way and winks. Oh yes, when you're magic, you can wink. The spider is throwing his web out, and it's magical right now. Clarkson's at the top. Boy, are they physical right now. Clarkson will go one-on-one on Kennard, dive into a three off the glass and in. Donovan across the state logo in the gradient colors. Works the top. Jazz trying to get Kennard. They do. He drives at him in the lane, high off the glass and in. Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz, in their gradient colors, taking a 2-0 lead in the playoff series with the Clippers. I think of it as like the Red Rock look. I don't usually think of gradient colors. But it doesn't matter the look. It doesn't matter the jerseys. It matters 2-0. Jazz 117-111. A lot of heroes in this game. Donovan Mitchell, as you heard him say in the last hour, after a poor start in Game 1, decided to take control early in Game 2, and he did it a huge first half. He ends up with 37 points in the game. But other guys coming through big time. Rudy Gobert, 13 points, 20 rebounds. Joe Ingles, who hadn't shot the ball in four game, well in the last four games. And I hate the whole, he hasn't shot it well in the playoffs. He was on fire in the first two games. He was bound to have a bad game or two because he's not a 60% shooter. <laughs> now, the stretch went four games, which made me think he's bound to have a good game. And that is why Quinn Snyder tells guys to keep shooting. It didn't pay off in Game 5 against Memphis, and it didn't pay off in Game 1 against the Clippers. But, man, did it pay off in a big way in Game 2. And the Clippers, and Locke was right in that call about the physical defense, they went to a zone, which definitely messed up the Jazz timing and spacing. And But at the same time, and this was really odd, tend, a lot of teams tend to get a little passive in a zone, guarding a space, not a man. They got really physical in the zone. Their guards went out and picked up high in the zone, got into people, got away with stuff. There were no calls. It's the playoffs. There's going to be no calls. I mean, you can sit there and scream at your TV. That's a foul by the letter of the law. Well, you know they're not going to call every foul. They never call every foul. And they don't call – they call even fewer fouls in the playoffs. So Patrick Beverly is just at one point just literally laying on Donovan Mitchell. But they didn't call it. So you got to figure it out. Because you know they're not going to. They're not. And the Jazz finally did figure it out, and it certainly helped after being real physical that the Clippers, and I thought Doris Burke nailed this, hit the nail right on the head. The Clippers get really casual. It doesn't matter if it's a really soft turnover, at a time the Jazz needed it because they weren't scoring and they needed stops, or if they just blank on a matchup. Joe's dribbling up court and... I don't know who was supposed to take him, if it was Reggie Jackson or, or Patrick Beverly, but one of those guys was supposed to take him. Nobody did, and he just walks right into a wide-open three and drills it, and the place goes nuts, and the game's basically over. But I don't think anything was more amazing. And Donovan Mitchell was amazing. But was anything more amazing than watching Boyan Bogdanovich 
put on his big boy defender shorts and get after Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Bogdanovich, when he came here, come on, did you think of him as like a C-minus defender? If you're kind, because he's a jazz guy, you thought C-minus. You're a little harsher. You might have thought, uh, well below average, D plus, D, some nights an F. Just can't give him enough credit. He really went after Kawhi. And you still need Kawhi to miss shots and all that. But my gosh, digging turnovers out, forcing jump balls, staying in front of him. One time they didn't stay in front of him. He got the, the steal off Donovan, and he went 94 feet for a dunk. But they take away the easy stuff. You know, NBA stars, what are they going to shoot? 90, 95% on layups and dunks? Take it away! So, Bogdanovich with some defense. Jordan Clarkson on fire. Some big defensive possessions of his own. And the Jazz need it all to get out of their 117-111. So they're up 2-0. Question of the morning. How you feeling? Everybody feeling pretty good about being up 2-0? Some of you already borrowing trouble from the future. Wondering what's going to happen in the next two games in L.A. Is it going to get to 2-2? I thought the Clippers could win a game in, in Salt Lake. I thought it was more likely than not. I thought the series would probably be 1-1 right now. And I thought the, the, the Jazz were good enough to win a game in L.A. And it'd be 2-2 coming back. And we'd have a long series. And now, dare to dream, Jazz fans. Get the split in L.A., wrap it up at home. Or put on your jersey attitude. Channel PK. Sweep, sweep, sweep. Saturday night, game three. We'll get to all of that coming up in the next segment. We got David Locke here at 8 o'clock, Gordon Monson at 9 o'clock. More on the Jazz playoffs. Your take, grab the open mic, grab our app, use the open mic feature, send us your take. The earlier you do it, the sooner Yacht gets it on the air. He's going to get swamped by him later on. So you might as well do it right now, and we'll get it on the air in the next segment. Game three. Tomorrow night, 6.30. Our coverage on the zone begins at 5.30. And for all you cord cutters, good news. It's the ABC game. It's over the air. You got your antenna? You're good to go. There's a lot of sports out there on free TV, and this will be one of the games. Of course, there's a lot of sports that isn't on free TV, too. But you get this one. This one's over the air on free TV. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Portis with the rebound. Wow, did they dodge one there. Giannis for three. Got it! Oh, my! Out to Holiday. No timeout. 15 seconds to play. The Bucks will play for one. Holiday to the rim. Scores! It's interesting that we, we lose a game because of our offense, but, uh, you know, it was just a tough game. We just didn't couldn't find our rhythm. Um, you know, a, a great opportunity for us to learn and grow from this. And uh, the defense was solid, though, but we got to clean it up both ends of the floor, but particularly offense tonight. That's Steve Nash. He's the Nets head coach, and he's right. That was weird. The Nets, who can score a lot of points, but they give up a lot of points too, suddenly defend like crazy but can't hit a bucket. And I know they're missing Harden. There's certainly enough shots of Harden on the bench over the course of a game. And I know they're missing Harden, but 83? Kids, this is what the 90s looked like. 86-83. Jazz once won a big game against the Bulls, and both teams were in the 70s in the finals. I'm liking the, the free flow on higher scores a little bit more, but this is old school. Brooklyn, 11 points in the first quarter. Yikes. 18 in the fourth. A long, long time ago, Frank Layden, when he was coaching the Jazz, said two in the teens on the road 
you lose. Well, Brooklyn didn't even get to the teens. They got stuck on 11. They need another bucket to get to 13, or 14, I suppose. They didn't even get there. Now, in the middle of the game, they scored it. They had 54 points in the middle half, if I can just make stuff up on the fly. In the second and third quarter, what we refer to as the middle half, they went for 54 points. A little more normal. Uh, Durant had 30 points, but he needed 11 to 28 shooting. He didn't really look like Kevin Durant till the end of the game. At the end of the game, they're tied, and Middleton and Durant are just trading buckets. There it is. Back and forth they go, and finally, Middleton missed on the third straight, and Durant hit, and he thought, well, all right, the Nets have done it. They were down 19, 30 to 11 after that big first quarter. And they fought their way back in the game, and now they got the lead, now they're going to do it, and they didn't score again. It was 83-80, and the last six points of the game went to the Bucs, so... Congrats to the Bucs on grinding out a game. I don't think anybody really believes they're going to win the series. Maybe there's a couple people in Milwaukee who do. Durant manufactured a pretty good look considering all things at the end of that game. That was really desperation on the last yeah, last possession. He rims that, it out. I mean, that's the thing about being seven feet and you playing can, like you're 6'3 yeah. and moving like you're 6'4. And, but you're seven feet, so you shoot over the top of everybody. You know, it's great defense. You're right there. I know you all get sick of us bringing up Magic Johnson all the time. But cable TV was new, and Laker games were on prime ticket. And for the first time ever, you got to watch every game. And you just saw it happen over and over. Magic would get defended well, or Magic would get double teamed, and he'd just stand up and look over the top of the 6'2 guys and make a great play. Now, Durant does the same thing at seven feet. A couple 6'6 six, six guys defend him, and he just rises up and shoots right over him. So Irving had 22 points, but he needed 22 shots. So you shoot 36%, and you don't have James Harden, who might have gotten you easier shots. I think everything Jazz fans are saying about missing Conley right now, if he was there, that bad run wouldn't happen. Yeah, you might be right. But he isn't there, so it did happen. And I think it's the same thing with Harden. If Harden weren't there, that wouldn't happen. Probably wouldn't have, but since he's not there, I don't know what to tell you. Bucks avoid 3-0. Nobody's ever come back from 3-0 in the NBA. So they're 2-1 now. Tonight, we'll find out if Denver can get to 2-1 or if they're going in the 3-0 hole. Suns and Nuggets. That's actually the second game of the doubleheader. Sixers-Hawks, 5-30 on ESPN. That series is tied 1-1. Suns-Nuggets. Phoenix is up 2-0. That game's at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Sin City is the spot. Vegas, what a sports town. They got hockey. They got the NFL. They got the new and improved, bigger, badder, better Las Vegas ball with the SEC and the Pac-12. They got the USA basketball men's and women's national team holding training camps in Las Vegas in July. They'll play seven exhibitions there against other Olympic-bound national teams as well. The men's camp, led by Greg Popovich, will open on July 6th. What do you think? Practices will routinely be at, like, noon... Guys will be done by 3. There's time to go golf. Sounds about right. Get a nice meal. Hit the table. See a show. Roll those dice. Play practice those cards. Practice second time at 7. Negative. Negative. Negative on the practice second time at 7. Film work is for coaches and losers. <laughs> you have to be one or the other. Possibly you have to be both. Gamble till the sun comes up. Go get your rest. You don't have practice till noon. Greg Popovich will be leading the men's team. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag NFL. In terms of the trade talks, I think anytime you play professional sports, there's always a possibility of something happening, right? And I think that's just the reality. I think that there's a lot of teams out there that people were saying that I was going to or would go to. I requested a trade. I did not request a trade. Um, I've always wanted to play here. Um, you know, and, and the reality is, you know, uh, I think calls were getting thrown around and this and that. And I think that's just a reality. Um, <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, the, the real reality is that I'm here. And I'm here to win. And I'm here to win it all. That's Russell Wilson right there. Trying to put all the offseason drama behind him. You know, I, I think this stuff happens, and it just depends on if it gets out or not. I didn't request a trade, but my agency put out a list of teams I'd be happy to go to. People get mad. They blow their stack. How public does it go? And the public doesn't... On the one hand, we don't really want to see it. We don't want to see the guys whining and crying all the time. But, you know, every once in a while, a little drama. We like it. We like our soap operas. I follow a Twitter feed, Old Time Football. And they've got clips, if you haven't seen it, they got clips, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, old time. It's a very loose definition of old time football. You know, you might see Aikman's Cowboys at one point, right? And yesterday I saw a thread with highlights from uh, Montana and the Niners. I was going to say, they've had John Brody from the Right, Niners. and then they've had guys in uh, black and white that either I haven't heard of or maybe I've heard Otto of. Graham. Yeah, right? Old school. Uh, yesterday, they had a clip I had never seen before, and I had no idea about this. And it was all a clip of about the Air Coriel Chargers, right? Those are my guys. I'm a kid growing up in San Diego. Dan Fouts is telling Kellen Winslow not to tiptoe. Now, and they were, they're both, in, I mean, these are Hall of Famers, right? And they, they led a lot of good teams to playoffs, never to the Super Bowl, the playoffs. But Fouts is mad telling Winslow, and it's a long back and forth, but the ultimate lining works up to is, and they're on the field. They're in the middle of a game on the sidelines screaming at each other with Fouts mic'd up. Don't tiptoe out of a break like a Jerry Sloan's favorite word. Not the big one. Mommy in the big one. And he's just screaming it at him. People blow their top. It happens. And Winslow just screams back at him. Get yourself a new tight end. I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounded like a trade demand if somebody hears it. And if Fouts tell him, I will. Guys blow their tops, so sounds like Russell Wilson put it behind him. Now Aaron Rodgers apparently, you know, hasn't put it behind him. So we got drama over there. Yeah, drama in Houston. Houston quarterback may want to go to Denver. And then we got Sean McVay uh, talking about Matthew Stafford. We you know traded Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford in the offseason. I think I've been very happy. Everybody says, man, you seem like you're in a better mood this offseason. I said, you're damn right, I am. So now all of that's taken as a shot at Goff. Well, the shot at Goff is that they traded him. They didn't want him anymore. Of course, he's happier. Do I want this quarterback? I'd rather have that quarterback. Let's do a trade. So the the insult's the trade. Now him saying he's in a good mood? He's a football coach. It won't last. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. College football 12-team expansion proposal. We've heard about it, and it seems we heard it was in the lead, and now as this committee turns it over to a bigger group and it works its way up the food chain. Four people to 11 people. Exactly. So the working group hands it over to the committee, technically. That's next week. The subcommittee to the committee. And they're sticking with us. 12 teams floated the trial balloon in public to see if it would go over really poorly, and it didn't, so they're sticking with it. Four, the best, so you can have six, the highest-ranked conference champions. The six highest-ranked conference champions which I think is going to lead to a change in championship games. I think we're done with divisions. It's over. You can't risk it. 
You can't risk missing out on the playoff because the guys over here who are 8-4 and four and won a division force four turnovers and win the conference title game on the last second field goal, even though everybody knows they're not the better team. And they beat the 11-1 or 12-0 top five team. You can't risk it. So it's going to be the Big Ten model. Or excuse me, the Big 12 model. They have 10 teams. It's so confusing. I keep screwing that up. I think you've got to go to championship games now. You've got to. If you if they introduce this playoff and you even go one year, you deserve all the bad things that happen to you. Forget the divisions, top two teams. Now, maybe the Pac-12, since we're talking about the Utes here locally, maybe the Pac-12 goes to uh, stays with the buys on what used to be the old divisions. So you get to play the teams you're closer to. The Oregon and Washington schools should not be skipping each other. That's just a horrible idea. Scheduling can be arranged, yeah. Exactly. But you can't have divisions. You have to have the top two teams so you get your best-ranked teams to get somebody in. Because this past season, you let in a second-place team in Oregon who then, because Washington, the first-place team, had COVID stuff going on, and they beat the first-place team in the South, USC, and the Pac-12 wouldn't have had a team in. Now, this was bizarro year, so you don't expect that again. But there will be a conference that gets caught short with an 8-4 and team winning a conference title. So they're going to put in six conference champions, and they're going to put in the next six best teams according to the rankings. So a group of five team is guaranteed a spot. Maybe they'd be two, but they're guaranteed a spot. So showing it on the TV right now on ESPN. So Coastal Carolina last year, in addition to Cincinnati, would have made it into the Man, season. that would have stung BYU if Coastal Carolina was in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that that but gives, they would have been in. They would have been the access for more teams from different right. conferences. And that's the thing is, this is political. It's a committee. It's going to be a vote. There's going to go to a full body. There's going to be a vote. All conference commissioners will vote. And now, if you want my vote, you got to give me something. Well, the SEC's like, there's going to be six at large bids. Oh, we're getting three teams in this tournament every year. And you know what? We might get four at some point. Ha 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 ha! We vote yes. Meanwhile, the Pac-12 is like. Man, we got to clear that bar. The group of five teams like, oh, yeah, finally. This is why we didn't do what all you losers said and go start our own playoff. We're finally going to get in the big boy tournament. So there's something for everybody. I'm sure the Big Ten's thing and then get three teams in at some point. Just answer questions for BYU fans as it stands. I'm working up to you that. There? Okay, go ahead. Go, go ahead now. You and your little podcast. Go I ahead. say Notre Dame and BYU as independents now cannot be a top four seed under the current proposal. But they, okay, way to lump BYU in there. Was BYU really on the verge of being no, a top they're four not. seed? Okay, Notre Dame. Probably Notre Dame has been. There are examples yeah, of where Notre but, Dame would have been top four, but now they get a home game. Yeah, but it was funny to see Notre Dame actually kind of cast themselves out of that in a way. Okay, Notre Dame just had their sellout streak broken. I know. They're... And so it's harder to sell tickets. And they did expand from sixty to 80000 when everybody else is downsizing, sure. right? So now you're going to buy your Notre Dame season tickets in case they host a playoff but game. But Swarbrick is on that working group and actually kind of put his team and said, hey, and you know what? He just sold a lot of season he tickets. Did. He did. Follow the money. PK's not here right now, but if he were, he'd be, Yuck, how many times have I told you to follow the money? Follow the money trail. My mom said money loves money. That's why my aunt married the president of Nabisco. All right, more on this coming up. Hit us up on Facebook. We've got questions up on Facebook about what you think about this college football playoff. You want to weigh in on what you think it means for the Utes and the Cougars. Uh, one anonymous college football coach has already seen, well, it means more blowouts and more ass kickings in the playoffs. Yep. The semifinals have been blowouts. You get a quarterfinal game with a one or two seed, 50-something to 10. It's coming.
All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Ostadio at first and the pitch. A swing and a fly ball. Left center field and deep. Back it goes. Deep it goes. Twins win. Twins win. Keller making his 12th start. He has really struggled with walks this year. And he gives one to Mookie Betts, who hammers one to center field. Going back, it is gone. 1-0. A leadoff home run for Mookie Betts, the 25th of his career. And the pitch. And Tom hits it high in the air to right field. Not very deep. Mookie Betts over toward the line, makes a catch. Spins, throws. Gonzalez to the plate, and he is out. Oh, what a throw by Mookie Betts. He guns down Eric Gonzalez, trying to score the go-ahead run. Mookie Betts having a game. Home run, highlight reel, double play, throwing a guy out at home plate. Dodgers beat the Pirates 6-3. to three. Giants got hit by the weather. Their game postponed. Padres were off. So in the wild, wild west, picking up a little ground right there. Uh, what else we got? Oh, J.D. Martinez going deep. I think that's 13 for him now. 13 on the year. Yep, yep. Red Sox beat the Astros 12-8, to eight, the final score there. And the Twins, two-run, ninth-inning homers. Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz getting past the Yankees, 7-5. Bees open a six-game series with Albuquerque with a 7-4 win. Game two in the series tonight at Smith's Ballpark. First pitch at 6.30. Listen to the game here on The Zone Network with Steve Klauke. What is Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, PK is going to join us in the next segment. Get his thoughts on the Jazz. Now up 2-0, halfway to win in the series. Heroes. I think there are many. We'll see how many PK thinks there are. And uh, look ahead to Game 3 Saturday night with him. And then also college football playoff. This is just a massive change, going from 4-12. to 12. Uh, the year the Utes lost to Oregon in the Pac-12 title game two years ago, they were 11th after that loss, so that would have been their first trip to the college football playoff. And they're going to stack the bowls so that the higher-seeded team gets to play in the traditional bowl home of your conference. Now, that would have been Oregon at 6. So either Oregon, well, I don't know if the Rose Bowl is going to be a quarterfinal. Let's we'll see how that works out. So the Utes wouldn't have been in the Rose Bowl. Maybe they would have been in the Fiesta. Or maybe they would have been shipped across the country to play somebody. Well, they would have had to play on campus in, a, in an opening round game as a visiting team. So, All right. We'll talk with PK College Football and Jazz Playoffs next. Right now, Andrew Reinhardt joins us, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, good morning. Hey, how you doing today? Good. Doing what? Well, when you're doing sports talk radio in a town that has an NBA team and doesn't have the NFL, and doesn't have Major League Baseball, and said team wins a playoff game, it's kind of a big morning, Andrew. Doing good, doing good. That is excellent. All right, Andrew. You've been on before. You're going to deliver a somewhat similar message. You always have a little new info or a little twist or something on that. But the question is, why do you have to keep coming back? And it's, well, because guys are hesitant. And there's always people who didn't have an issue a while ago, and now they do have an issue. But I think the bigger question is, why are people hesitant, and why do they finally decide... All right, I'm going to go to Wasatch Medical Clinic. I don't really want to do it, but I think I really need to go. Why so hesitant? What finally gets them in? in the, well, in the erectile, yeah, it's a great question. Erectile dysfunction is such a sensitive topic. Guys are embarrassed. There's a stigma, and that holds them back. What happens? The relationship suffers. Guys take more and more of the pill. And I think they finally realize 
this is the future of ED treatment. The acoustic wave therapy opens up and regrows blood vessels. Why would I continue taking a pill? Uh, I can get the spontaneity back. We have helped so many guys improve performance in the bedroom. We're kind of the pioneers on this technology. We have the two most powerful versions. So many guys have come to us and said, I wish I would have done it sooner. My relationship with my spouse has improved. I eliminated the pill. Ultimately, we all want natural function in the bedroom and spontaneity. That is what our technology can deliver. So you, you've kind of mentioned it there. Why do guys want to or need to stop taking the pill? Because obviously it's more private and whatever the embarrassment factor, it's handled a little easier by the pill. Yes, that's right. If you're out there listening and the pill is doing great, you have zero side effects, I'd say keep doing it. But if you're noticing that it doesn't work all that well, it's stopping, uh, the effectiveness is, is getting less, you're dealing with side effects, think about this. Two to three weeks from now, with just a few short 10-minute treatments, you could be done with the ED, done with the pill. We've had guys in their 60s say, I got back to function in the bedroom like when I was in my 40s. All right, you got a special offer today? We do. Call us now. We are open. I know it's early. We're answering phones. The initial screening and assessment with the doctor will be free. Great, uh, great time for you to ask questions, see if you're comfortable with the clinic. We'll do a blood flow ultrasound free. You get a very popular gift, produces immediate results in the bedroom. I've never seen it fail. And if you're feeling a little empty in the tank, new patients get free testosterone. It's a ton of value. You can call us now. It's totally no charge. Call 801-901-8000. Ask for the free offer right now. 801-901-8000 is the number for the Wasatch Medical Clinic. 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. The Utah Jazz. Donovan Spider Mitchell has been fantastic. The Los Angeles Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, a ninja. Catch every second of every moment of jazz basketball on the Zone Sports Network as Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert battle Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers for a spot in the Western Conference Finals. Your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes of Toast, brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury is not. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. PK20, yeah. how you feeling? Oh, I feel so good, David James Stingledorf III. I have to say, Jazz management is so shrewd. My only question now is, do you bring Conley back next series, or do you just keep him out and get him fully healthy for the finals? Yeah, I'd say wait for the finals. Yeah. When it's 3-0, because I want him to be on the court for the final minutes. Okay. That's precisely what I was going to ask. Do you wait till you go back to Brooklyn for game three, or do you, and you just answered that, you wait till game four. Okay. Yeah. It's going (laughs) to suck winning the title on the road. There's always something to complain about. Well, that's what we're going to be complaining about. Uh, you, you know, the refs in the league and David Stern and Larry O'Brien, those guys, they'll want to extend the series. So it'll probably go five. <laughs> so you're right. <laughs> nice. Good call. 
Always underrated by the conspiracy theorists. The money's in the long series. The money isn't in what team's in it. There's way more money. Games five, six, and seven. Just sell more trucks, people. More soda, more beer, more insurance, more whatever. Yeah, but they know this year the season's gone on a little longer in terms of calendar-wise. We already heard yesterday they're going to get back to the traditional calendar. So they'll probably want to get it done in five, and then what? We'll we'll have the parade. I think the quandary is the seeing how the thing falls is, you know, when they come back, what do we do? Because we can't have the parade on Sunday, you know, for, for, you know, obvious reasons. A two-part parade. One parade on Saturday, one parade on Monday. No, see that that's you're already you're already dividing the community. You know, have one <laughs> one for them, one for you. You know, we don't want to do that. Twenty nine parades, one in every county. Are there twenty nine counties in Utah? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're I'm here for well your civics right class. I'm here for the civics okay. class. Let's go. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I'd have to figure out. I, there's no way I've been in all the counties. Uh, I, I I only know that because uh, I had to volunteer when my kids were in elementary school and they had the state map painted on the playground and uh, the kids had okay, counted, but the kids had counted it up. <laughs> if you have that, if you have to volunteer, are you volunteering? That's an excellent point, and the answer is no. <laughs> it's like you know, if you're forced to pay your tithing, are you really paying your tithing? Uh-huh. You know I mean? Yeah, or yeah. are you being extorted? A debate well, for another no. day. <laughs> Let's debate the greatness of the Jazz. There and it is, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mike, I think we need to go hockey on this game. You grew up, uh, you grew up back in Jersey with not one, not two, but three hockey teams, and then their post game shows always do the three stars of the game, right? So if you had to do uh-huh. the three stars of the game, Donovan would be the first star. I mean, it, it's about the points and thirty seven. He took control of that game early and set a tone and. And he said he did it on purpose because he got off to a slow start and he played poorly in the first half of game one and they were in a hole and it's hard work battling back. And they did, but he didn't want to risk having to do that again. So he took control early, he said. So, uh, and, and that was huge and it did set a tone and all that stuff. And they had the 21-point lead and weathered the storm. But you have a fine eye for the sport of basketball, PK. Who would you give the second and third stars to? Well, if you're just going to look at the box score, you'd go to Clarkson and, and Joe. I mean, unusual that the Jazz had zero points off the bench from anybody, not everybody, not named Clarkson. Now, the bench is depleted to an extent because Mike's out and Joe has to step up. And Joe obviously did. So if you look at those three, but I mean, I always look at Rudy Gobert. He's the depoy for a reason. And he's one of those dudes that affects winning. And you want guys who are committed to winning. Uh, you know, Donovan was talking about any means necessary. I, I use the phrase at all costs, basically, because I put it in uh, all costs refers to what's going on out on the floor and what you need to do to get yourself ready off the floor. So the great thing about it is that, you know, I can't discount O'Neal and Bogdanovich and all, pretty much a team effort, which is what you need. Clippers are good. I mean, they've got some talent. Paul George, in my mind, He's quieted the critics. And, and even if his shooting percentage is under 50% or whatever it might be, I, I think he's playing very well. I, I think that he's elevated his game and he's got a great attitude. And, and I've already spoken about his body that he has. I think it's the prototypical NBA body. So when you're playing a team like the Clippers, and we saw it when they got down by 20, that they came back. Man, this is a quality team. I really think you need everybody. 
I think Mitchell is extra, extra special. I've been saying it now for weeks. I said, for, and you can back me up, I you said did. that th- this is going to be his time to really break out. And who, do, who said it last night uh, while watching the broadcast? A burgeoning star. Okay, I get where the folks who don't watch this kid every day like we do would say burgeoning tar- star. But I'm going to correct it each time I hear it. No, he already is. He's a burgeoning superstar if you want to take it up to another level. I can live with that. But I already think he's on that plateau. And, and you know who me, backs you up on that on the ABC broadcast, and people want this out of the national media, the former uh, Duke star who's been doing TV and is really pretty good at it, Jay Williams. Uh, and he said he said that very thing. He says, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you can't say that he's, he's becoming a star. He is a star. He's there. He's a ride. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But he wanted to get past the becoming. He is. He's arrived. It already yeah. happened. Well, that's a go look and see where Jay is from. You might want to check where his home state Louisville, was. Kentucky. Uh, so you go ahead and check and see where Jay is from. But I'm checking, uh, yeah, yeah, it, that, that, that's a fact, man. And to set to set the tone, to be a tone setter for the game was just absolutely brilliant. There's no question about that. I mean, he was so awesome early, and allowed. Everybody to take a breath. Okay, we're not going to struggle like we did. We're not going to come close to missing 20 shots. You could feel it in the arena. And then Jordan comes in. He hits a couple threes early. Everybody relaxes at that point. And Joe, it was only a matter of time for Joe. Come on. Everybody knew that, didn't we? That's not a surprise. It was going to happen. Yeah, I don't like the narrative. He always sucks in the in the playoffs, or he sucked in this whole playoff. If you just go look at a box score, he shot the lights out in the first two games against Memphis. He had to have the game three and cool down because he doesn't shoot sixty or seventy percent from the floor and fifty or sixty percent from three. He's gonna have a game or two. Now he had four games in a row where he didn't shoot the ball well. I'll totally sign off on that. And but they that won. just but that means he's gonna bounce back because he's also not just like he's not a seventy percent shooter. He's not a twenty. 28% shooter. So he's going to have a big game. And then when they got confused and let him just walk into a wide open three with a game on the line, well, thanks for that gift. Unwrap that gift. Stick that shot. Yeah. You know, I, uh, and by the way, Jay Williams, Plainfield, New Jersey. <laughs> Who knew, huh? Ah, I, I knew to get, I was. I didn't think Jersey. I was thinking it's going to be New York or Kentucky because there's a tie no. to Donovan, and I just guessed wrong. So. No, no, no. I mean, he's smart. That's what I'm saying. He knows how to talk. <laughs> ah, right. No wonder he's got this TV career. He's still only it's 39. In the, <laughs> it's in the water, my friends. There I don't it know is. How else to explain it? Hey, the one guy I thought deserved to mention for the three stars, and I thought you'd go to him, you forget the X's and the O's. Forget the stats. You want to see heart. You want to see people grinding. You thrive on competition. You've told us all these things. I was sure you were going to go to Bojan Bogdanovich. He came in with a rep as a bad defender. As a guy, remember the game he had? His box score was thirty-five million because he had thirty-five points and zero rebounds and zero assists and zero steals and zero blocks. And so they're giving a hard time for that. And I thought he battled Kawhi Leonard. Now over time. At some point, Kawhi Leonard is going to get him, right? But the game was on the line, and Kawhi Leonard couldn't get him. So props to Bojan for going out there and defending, and Joe was laughing about it. Yep, next year, Quinn's going to have him picking up 94 feet every game, all season, 82 times, and Joe was laughing maniacally. But I thought, I thought Bogdanovich on defense, that was one of the bright spots of the game. 
I'm absolutely fine with that. But you asked for three. I know. Not not four. I know. And so I was making you choose. And I thought he's going to give up one of the guys who score to get that competitive fire in there. Because you're right. Three is arbitrary. And there were more than three guys who played well and contributed to the win. So you're going to have to leave somebody out. But I did think that that was... That was pretty inspiring. That's the kind of thing that gets me fired up watching games. Like, I, I want to see the unexpected. And Jordan Clarkson finding a groove is not unexpected. <laughs> you know, he's done it too many times. But Bogey Ding up Kawhi Leonard with the game on the line, possession after possession. And they had a stretch there. The Clippers missed like seven, eight, nine shots in a row. I don't know what it got to. Uh, they were marking it on TV. They were mentioning it. And I, it, it was a pretty long stretch. And the game was on the line. They'd taken the lead. They'd wiped out 21 points and gotten up 101.99. And then they hit this cold spell. And I thought Bogey was good in the middle of that stretch. There's no question. I just think JC's role becomes elevated now because Joe has to slide into mm-hmm. the starting lineup so the bench becomes weaker. Yeah. And you need something. And he gave them. He was literally the only one who scored. And it wasn't Derek Favors is one of his better games for whatever reason. And I thought that Quinn was good to tighten it up because yeah. uh, they didn't get that much many, many opportunities uh, from the bench guys. So Clarkson was he was needed even more so. And he's always needed, obviously, but because of the situation. And Joe has a breakout game. You already spoke about that three. Love that shot. The crowd loves him. There's. Uh, there's never been a role player who's connected with the crowd and the community like Joe Ingles has, uh, really. I mean, you put Hornacek there, but uh, Joe, I think, has a deeper connection there. Now, Jeff was probably a better player, but Joe's connection. So when he makes that shot, everybody goes berserk. So you got that. And, of course, you got Donovan. Bogdanovich, absolutely, man. I don't necessarily need your scoring. I need you. And Quinn talks about this all the time. And he did it on the uh, on-court interview about the uh, defensive intensity that they need. And for two games anyway, and it's only two, Clippers aren't in any they, – they were down 0-2 going on the road, so there's no need for them to be in panic mode now, 0-2 going home. It's clear to me that they need – Leonard to increase his scoring in order to win because that's where they may be a little bit uh, deficient. And I was surprised at some of Ty Lue's lineups. You know, Kennard only got that one three uh, and owns his only FGA. And obviously he's been shooting the ball well. So I thought they would have had some more opportunities there, but they didn't. But I do want to caution also that, you know, this we're, we're joking about the parade and resting Mike and all that stuff. And that's all it is. It's nothing but a joke because it's great to be up 2-0. It's the best you can be. But this potential for the series being a long one is still very much alive. Well, they've won by three and they've won by six. So they're up 2-0 and you only have to win by one. You don't have to win by 21. None of that matters. But look at some of the shots they've hit. And are these shots going to keep going in? Donovan Mitchell in game one has a couple shots. I mean, I always say use the whole rim. That's what it's there for. But, you know, rim, rim, backboard, rim, rim, and in. And he did that twice early in the game. That's six points and a three-point win. And how about Clarkson banking in a three? He wasn't banking that three in. Nobody does that. Nobody in the NBA does that. There may be some... 60-year-old dude playing in some gym somewhere who, you know, playing old man basketball who does it. But NBA guys don't do that. That was a lucky break. And Joe made a layup off the top of the backboard. I mean, he, he had a shot blocker going at him. So I get, throw it up quick and throw it up high off the glass. And high off the glass is your friend. That's that skill, that strategy, that's basketball IQ. But not that. Not say, off that's the as, top. That's as high as it can but go. But I get why he did it. He had guys jumping at him, and he didn't have much of an angle. Throw it up high, and you might catch a break. 
Well, that is as high as you can go and as good a break as you can catch. So that's five points and a six-point win. Well, what if the Clippers are hitting those shots and you're not? That's a 10-point swing. I don't, I don't remember anything the Clippers hit that was super lucky, and I'm totally with you on uh, on, uh, on Kennard because he had it going in Game 1 and gave them a, list, a lift, and I thought the play he scored on was drawn up really well. You get the matchup so Rudy's on him, you send him to the corner, and then you drive at Rudy, and it's like, okay, if you come to block my shot, I think Paul George did it. I'm either going to get this layup, or if you come to block my shot... I get to throw the ball on an easy pass to the short corner for a corner three. It's one of the easier passes in the NBA. I thought, you know, Ty Lue or whoever assistant drew it up, whatever the staff, they nailed it. And I thought, well, the Jazz are going to get a steady diet of that. And then they didn't. Right. (laughs) It didn't make any sense to me. I thought that was brilliant. It was like, oh, that's the problem with this, you know, if they go small and what they do to Rudy, and then they didn't have to face it again. So Right, and all those things are all possible. This I'm still – I'm not breathing easy. It's great to be up 2-0 for a couple of reasons. Just a simple fact, you're up 2-0. Phoenix is up 2-0, and so you want to be on the same schedule if you have the opportunity to face them, if that's what it turns out to be, and that'd be awesome. We'd all sign up for that. I have uh, – I have some family in town, and so from 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 Phoenix, obviously, because that's where my my immediate family is. And my brother-in-law's looking at me. Says, "So, Phoenix, Utah, what's it going to be?" <laughs> I looked at him. I said, "Paycheck." <laughs> and he said, "What?" And my sister is sitting right next to him. He said, paycheck. (laughs) She's from Jersey. He's not, apparently. (laughs) Precisely. They met in Arizona. (laughs) She knew knew what you were getting at. He's rooting for the paycheck. Yeah. Left unsaid is you dumb bleep. (laughs) (laughs) It was all in the tone. Oh, yes, the tone. If you think I've got a harsh tone, you should see them. Holy cow. Oh, my gosh. I have to hang out with them at some point. This is awesome. (laughs) They'll just crack me up. I want to hear all the stories of young PK. You know they got them, and you know they want to rat you out. All right, real quick, because Yach's uh, making us go to break here, but real quick, uh, college football playoff. 12 teams. Looks like the, the four-man group floated as a trial balloon. It accidentally, on purpose, got out. There was no hue and cry about this major change to football's postseason, so now they're pushing forward. It goes from this working subcommittee to the, uh, the full committee. It sounds like it's going to happen. You like it? It's going to be a radical change. On-campus playoff games. Uh, yeah, I like it in theory, but uh, I have an opportunity to further bury the Pac-12 if they're not up to snuff. And obviously I have Pac-12 bias because I just see the door open for those other conferences for sure so the rich get richer. So I'm a little nervous. The Pac-12 needs some teams to emerge because uh, to me it's an exclusive party now, so I don't obsess about it. I think it's overrated against the Pac-12, but if they extend it to 12, and then you're still not having anybody in or you're still not having anybody, you're all out in the first week, then it, it, it really accentuates the gap. So I'm a little nervous about that. Yeah, I, I'm, and you could get shut out. I don't think they will. But I think the second thing you say, like your team gets in but still can't get to the semis and is getting knocked out in the first round or the quarters, right. Right. that is a problem and that is – a real there is a real likelihood of that and I'm also curious because the semifinal games have been really bad so are we just setting ourselves up for really bad quarterfinals seems like we are uh, okay but I mean there's a slew of bowl games whatever more football 
is better as far as I'm concerned, particularly obviously during the football season in which it would be played at that time of year, because for us anyway, it's not 75 degrees out. So if I have an opportunity to watch more football, if the game sucks, well, then I can turn it off and do something else. But I want the opportunity to watch it. I think the Bulls will still work for the G5 teams because there's only be one or two getting in, and they don't tend to have as many NFL guys who are as likely to opt out. Uh, so it'll still work for them. Could hit the Bulls that are dependent on Power 5 teams. A, uh, you're going to have at least 10 or 11 teams in the playoff who aren't going to these big bowls. And you're going to have 20 teams that aren't eligible because somebody's got to lose, right? So it gets pretty thin there with the opt-outs and the bowls. This could be the death yes. of a few bowls. But I don't yes. think it'll be the, the Bahamas Bowl or the Boca Raton Bowl. You know, I think this is the kind of thing that's going to hurt the Vegas Bowl and the Sun Bowl and whatever we're calling the bowl game in San Francisco. Yeah. We need bottom feeders. In other words, we need teams like the University of Arizona. There it is. There it is. All right, more on this when we don't have a playoff game. We'll get back to this later. Uh, PK, I know you got the family in, so enjoy the day, and uh, we will talk to you again on Monday. All right, good. See you guys. All right, see ya. Jazz beat the Clippers 117-111. We got a lot of feedback from you on the playoff and on the basketball. We'll get to that next, and David Locke's here at 8 o'clock. Stay with us. The Utah Jazz. Donovan Spider Mitchell has been fantastic. The Los Angeles Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, a ninja. Catch every second of every moment of jazz basketball on the Zone Sports Network as Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert battle Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers for a spot in the Western Conference Finals. Your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Rough Tough Products. Rough Tough sets the industry standard for custom seat covers for cars, trucks, SUVs, and UTVs. Get the best fitting seat covers for the make, model, and year of your vehicle and do business with a Utah company that's been around since 1976. Check them out today at roughtough.com. That's roughtough.com. Question of the morning. We got two of them. One about the college football playoff. One about... Uh, the Jazz and the playoff series. They're both up on Facebook. They're both up on Facebook yesterday. Uh, put them out on Twitter this morning. And for those of you who then complain about, well, where's the one for the other one? Did you know there was a playoff game? Oh, come on, people. There's two questions. Follow along. You can do it. I know you can do two things at once. You're a talented audience. You can do more than one thing. Everybody feeling pretty good about being up 2-0? And Joe Hood says, I'm very concerned about Donovan. I know what he says, but you look pretty shaken up after that hit. Uh, I don't think you're alone, Joe. And I think the key here is what PK just referenced about how quickly can you wrap up the series. Now, I know mathematically you can wrap it up 4-0. I would still find that uh, surprising. These two games have been close. They've been in Utah. The Clippers are going to be at home and more desperate. They aren't going to have to deal with the elevation. The Jazz have caught some breaks and some shots that have gone in. It's about time the Clippers, you know, that stuff tends to even out. Uh, but can you wrap it up in five? That seems doable. Four seems, I just, I know four could happen, but it just seems greedy to talk about. And honestly, maybe a little dumb. Not that I haven't ever said anything dumb on the air before. Five, though, getting the split and coming home and winning. And I just think, regardless of keeping up with Phoenix, and there's something to be said for that, but regardless of whether Phoenix wraps their series up in four, five, or six, or it goes seven, or whatever. Denver was down 3-1 twice last year. Now they're down 2-0. Of course, they had Jamal Murray last year. They had more firepower. Uh, But regardless of that, I just think that Donovan, 
either banging knees or re-injuring that ankle, whatever it was. He didn't want to get into it. Uh, we know Bogey rolled his ankle. That was obvious. Coming down on Cousin's shoe. That looked bad. And we know Mike Conley's got a bad hamstring. So the faster you wrap this up, the more off time you have, regardless of whether Phoenix has the same amount of off time or less, the Jazz could just use some downtime. So I'm with you there, Joe. Uh, most of the people tweeting in are very happy about the 2-0, but Joe's, Joe's got some worries. All right, speaking of people who have worries, Andrew Reinhardt is here. He can't fix all your problems, but uh, there's one specific problem you can help with. Right, Andrew? Yes. If you are experiencing some frustrations in the bedroom, worried about that, we can certainly help at Wasatch Medical. In fact, we've probably helped more people with acoustic wave therapy than anybody. We have the two versions that basically use pressure waves gently open up the blood vessels in this part of the body. Uh, If you're struggling with ED, you probably have damaged blood vessels and restricted blood flow. That's one of the leading causes. That's what our treatments repair. And the big attraction is, guys, ditch the pills, no injections, no surgery. Our Cambridge study said that three weeks of treatments, not all that long. Uh, Maybe, let's see, what's the date? End of June, you could be done or very close to it with these treatments, get rid of the erectile dysfunction, and get that normal intimacy level back. you got to talk to our fans in a language to understand, Andrew. You say end of June. What you mean is during the conference finals. Yes, during the conference finals. There you go. Now you're talking. Ready ready to go after that. (laughs) Now you're talking the language of the people. Uh, I've asked you about this before, Uh, and I just think when you find out Cambridge University is studying you, uh, man, <laughs> it's like, all right, we're pushing all the chips to the middle of the table now. What are they going to say? Yeah, that's right. And in Cambridge, plus there's 40 others. One study said this is the new standard of care for erectile dysfunction. So I think the pill may fade into something of the past. Eventually, it's going to take a while. But when you talk about repairing blood vessels and improving blood flow, no side effects, spontaneity, uh, that's going to get some attraction. And Cambridge, of course, they posted a very positive clinical study. So you got a special offer right now to help people out. We do. Uh, The first step in reversing your erectile dysfunction is a doctor's exam, a screening. It only takes about 30 minutes. He'll also do a blood flow ultrasound. Pretty cool. It's all no charge. And by the way, there's no obligation to do treatments. You can come in and just take the free if you want. Uh, Also, a little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You'll love it, I promise. And new patients get free testosterone. So we've got a lot of value today. You can call us now. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000 is the number for Wasatch Medical. 801-901-8000. Ask for the free offer. 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. When we come back, David Locke, radio voice of the jazz on game number two. Stay with us.